Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. We're seeing an incredible American grit and spirit shine through from every quarter. We're seeing the, what, 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 what solidarity means when you put it into action. <laughs> And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Hold on, I haven't wiped down my spot yet with my Clorox wipes. You gotta wipe it. Yeah, I'm not touching this microphone, I'm not touching anything until I wipe it down. You're lucky to have Clorox wipes. Be thorough, because I coughed on it all this morning before you got (laughs) here. Oh, boy. Those of you know anything about microphones, they have this little foam thing on them to keep you from popping your peas. That's where all the disgustingness happens. 
I really should have my own that I bring in instead of talking in it, because who knows who was talking into this thing yesterday. It's a sponge soaked in, uh, well, uh, people speaking moistly on it. i got to believe if Dr. Fauci was here, he would look at this thing on the microphone and say, you've got to be kidding. Speaking moistly on them. Right, that's what we do day after day. You have a community sponge that you all just talk into and then nobody seems to be bothered by it? Yeah, that's Speaking moistly on them. Yes, a sickness. Yes. Live from Studio C. C-O-V-I-D-19, senor. A dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Private conversation with the audience. First, I'm going to go with a concept, which will annoy Jack. And then I will go with an actual person, which will satisfy him. (laughs) Our general manager is this morning, the growing impatience of the American people. All right. (laughs) <laughs> I thought that was a good one. Well, you're just grumpy. You're, just, you're so grumpy. I just believe I, it should be a human being. Uh, all right, then, a human. Linda Tripp. Oh, yeah. The comedically gravel-voiced confidant of uh, Monica Lewinsky during the whole impeachment mess back in the day. We have the phone calls. We'll have to go through our greatest hits later in the show in memory of uh, Linda Tripp. She did not die of corona, though, am I correct? I haven't heard that she did. I, yeah. I, I believe the family's being quite private, which, of course, is their right. But I believe she was diagnosed with breast cancer not terribly long ago. OK. Um, but what was your first one? The, the American spirit or some the, nonsense? The, the, no, not nonsense at all. The growing impatience of the American people. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We are champing, not chomping, champing, whatever that means at the bit to get going again. Well, we are chomping at the bit, but uh, to get the businesses open, and I just, I, I think you can't hold back America much longer, and certainly in certain areas. People are no. like, what's the deal? They're looking at the total numbers. They're hearing the projections. Okay, I uh, really don't want to lose everything I worked for my entire life over here. Right, right. Well, my favorite projections say we're going to be at peak resource use, peak deaths in the U.S., which is not the most useful figure, the more local ones are, but uh, within a couple of days. So I suggest America begin stretching its uh, economic hamstrings and and start to get our pulse rate up because I think we're going to be coming out of the gate at least some at a you know, little at a time soonish. Yeah, I can't imagine how this rollout's going to look. And, of course, it will vary from uh, place to place because it's up to governors. It's not up to the president, even though the media acts like it's up to the president. <laughs> Everything is. You know what? We it just occurred to me with uh, blinding clarity, uh, we ought to be having a daily briefing from the White House on small businesses and what's going to happen and what we're doing and and how That'd we're going to help. I mean, because that is that's as critical to the health of this country. So we should hit the headline that six point six million U.S. workers uh, joined the jobless rolls last week. That announcement just came out uh, in the last half hour or so. That's a big number. We'll have more on that later. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Mike? I'm doing good. Um, We kind of discussed this, Jack, but I really do. I know this is kind of morbid, but if the death toll is too low, I think people will just be angry, actually. (sighs) Yeah, and I'm not, and we'll never know how fair that is, the anger. also, the next time, if we have another one of these, you know, in, in, a, in a year or two, how cooperative are people going to be then? If, if Say the death toll ends up being around 40,000, which is like a very average flu year. Um, you know, it would be 
third, a fourth, a fifth, depending on what numbers you believed of what they were telling us would happen, even if we sheltered in place. I don't know mm-hmm. how people would react. Well, I suppose we'll find out. Yeah, we might. We, we actually received a rather eloquent email from a gent who compared it to making difficult uh, medical decisions about his parents and that y- you have to do your best with the information you have and and then assure yourself, I, I'm doing my best or I did my best and I was not in control of the outcomes and, and we'll look back to learn from it, but we can't be beating ourselves up forever if we overreact, underreact, because we did the best we could. On the other hand, I, I guarantee you that the post-mortem on this, probably poor choice of words, uh, will be uh, thoroughly partisan and, and, and probably as dumb as most politics. Well, right. Is. I was about to jump in with, in his scenario, that makes perfectly good sense, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't have reason to assume that the doctors, other family members, every single person involved has an agenda. Uh, that might be completely different than yours. Well, and their agenda would be in you know in this metaphor to make you look like an idiot. People that wanted to rework the entire economy and people that don't have the slightest concern or understanding of business have a different agenda. Um, people that want to make Trump look bad <laughs> have a different agenda sure. than than just what was the best way to handle this situation. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, today is the first day that I donned a mask when uh, entering through the building because mm. you know it's a radio station. There's some there's some woohoo in the uh, in the industry. Uh, <laughs> I know. Otherwise, the, you know, I got hired. How how strict can the can the filter be to get in here? Um, uh, but well I, said. <laughs> but I have <laughs> one of my uh, masks that that my mom made. Oh, oh, cool. It's not supposed to I go like over it. the eyes. I like it. Hold on. That's nice. There we go. That's a cool it's mask. black. It makes you look like a pirate or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, a ninja. I, I enjoy it. Uh, I, I have no idea if this is true or not, but she saw an internet video about the way to test these things is to have a candle in front of the mask, and if you can blow it out, then that, you're not doing enough. Oh, oh really? That's interesting. Um, so, yeah, oh. if you have a candle and you try to blow it out through the mask and it stays lit, then I guess that's good enough for, for the, government work or that something. That sounds pretty reasonable, actually. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so I, I'm going to be wearing this when I on the rare occasions where I do need to leave uh, Chateau Relaxo 2.0, I'm going to be rocking this uh, this little homegrown mask. I was yeah. I was at a whole bunch of different places yesterday: convenience store, pet store, hardware store, grocery store, and I wore a mask everywhere I went. And so did a lot of other people, way more than were before. I'm, I'm seeing so many more. You know why? Because the government told us a good, it was a good idea. You know why you didn't see them before? Because the government told us we didn't need to wear them. I held back on a rant moments ago. I thought, ah, we'll get to it later. That was precisely that. When you were asking, what would we, would we comply? What, what would we do if another one of these things happened? First damn thing we do is throw on masks to avoid infecting each other. Can you imagine if in the earliest days of these thing, this thing, the government had said, hey, look, you're going to feel silly doing this, but we got to protect each other and everybody had thrown on a mask. What, what would the numbers have been then? And not even about mask shortage. If you say, hey, put, cloth over your yeah. face oh, even yeah. if you a can't bandana. Get, sure yeah, whatever do, do whatever you can to, to help in any way possible so i was listening to an argument on msnbc this morning about the number of deaths trump caused by this action or that action how many deaths in new york because the government was telling us don't wear masks if everybody had thrown on a mask right off the bat you don't know it might be a third the number of deaths it could be an extraordinary difference yeah 
I'm always amazed when you see a picture of one of your Chinese cities, the number of people who are wearing masks. I don't mean now. I mean just any time. And it's because, A, they got a bunch of funky bat-eating diseases going around there all the time. And, and B, it's densely populated, and they're just kind of used to it. Yeah. You see Asians wearing masks a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, my town has a lot of uh, Asian people in it, and they wear masks that prior to this. You see it all the time. But, um, yeah, I got more on that and the, what it was like at the various places I went. It's it, it's amazing how much it differs from business to business and how they handle the whole situation. Anyway, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It was Thursday, April 9th. Not was, it is. April 9th, the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Ever since you got that time machine, you're yeah, just constantly I confused I about never where know. you are on the continuum. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Let's begin now, officially according to the FCC rules and regs. Here we go. Ah, oh, yeah, the FCC, which got like $150, 200000000 million on the latest stimulus for some reason. What the hell? They don't even do anything. I right, say here we go. That's what I say, too. Here we go, Ad. Mark. People want to wear a mask. That is okay. These are the things, the things. Yeah, I'm going to start saying that. Let's say two meters apart, people. Two Justin meters Trudeau apart. with his latest smash hit, speaking moistly on each other. <laughs> two meters apart, everybody. Plenty. Uh, how does uh, mailbag look today? Oh, it's outstanding. Just just fabulous. The folks are really stepping up. We got a political analyst, Gary Dietrich, who we like to talk a little bit about Bernie getting out. Not as much that as uh, with Biden, the only man standing is uh, Cuomo, Gavin Newsom. Is the party looking to anybody else? Or are they going to ride Biden all the way to the end? <laughs> Biden is as close to the care home as he is the Oval Office, if you ask me. Hey, now. Uh, a lot of stuff all the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. This is uh, one of the new Pearl Jam songs. They put out a new album the other day. First time in a long time. They're all like 50 years old now, but uh, still jamming their pearls. Um, oh, yeah. Also, what is the number one song in America? We'll play that a little bit for you uh, later this hour. The number one song in America. It will shock you, so stay tuned. I'm hoping it's that uh, Justin Trudeau song we just heard, because <laughs> I really, really enjoyed that. People want to wear a mask. That is okay. These are the things, the things we know. The things that prevent you from speaking moistly. So good. Mailbag. Uh, uh, This might be the number one song in America. Everybody loves it. If you want to email us, do it. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. You got an opinion? Do you uh, see something we ought to be talking about? Uh, What's your reality? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Here's our freedom-loving quote of the day from uh, Benjamin Franklin from Poor Richard's Almanac in 1746. Old Ben Franklin, when the revolution was going on, he was an old guy. He was Joe Biden old. But here's what he said. Dost thou love life? Then do not squander time, for that's the stuff life is made of. Wow. Nice. That's pretty good. Or a little more contemporary, uh, as Muse, the 
three-piece uh, Euro rock band put it. Uh, do not waste time, or time will waste you. Mm. Mm. Uh, I got a couple. Of, I got a couple of kids, and I, you know, I don't want to make them crazy or miserable or whatever. But kids can waste a tremendous amount of time. It's because they have so much of it. Yeah, and it, well, yeah, it seems like it will last forever. Sure, sure. Here's a nice note from uh, Tom. In the store this morning, in my mask, and the and the GD produce guy is the only dude with no mask and no gloves. Guy touches everything. He stacks. He's leaning over, breathing on my effing cilantro. And I'm thinking I should just choke the bastard if he's going to kill me anyway. Oh, people are getting a little fired up. As I said, it varies so much from place to place. It's uh, clearly just a personal decision of whatever business. I mean, there are businesses I go to where... Every customer is six feet apart, and then before you come up the register, the clerk comes around the other side with their mask and gloves and a squirty bottle of some bleach stuff and sprays off the credit card thing and the counter after every customer. Then there are other businesses where it's pretty much exactly the same as always, and you hope that they wash their hands. It's Thunderdome. Wow. It's Thunderdome. But it's just it's just people there barehanded, barefaced. Everybody's touching the credit card machine, et cetera, et cetera. A uh, tangentially related topic, Isaac writes, hey, can you guys please talk about the last few minutes of Tuesday's COVID press conference? Uh, apparently, Dr. Fauci and Scarf Lady, <laughs> Dr. Burks is her name, all right? She has a name. They're saying if someone has heart disease and a heart attack and then tests positive for coronavirus postmortem, then it counts as a coronavirus yep. death. Dying with-, with corona is counted as dying of corona. With no context to underlying conditions, it just seems like the CV death count is exacerbatingly high. I'm not sure that's a word, but also it explains the lower heart attack deaths over the past three weeks. We're making national policy that drastically impacts our lives based on how many lives are lost. Flu deaths are down, I read, and they wonder if that's not a similar situation. You have both or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Isaac, we actually did talk about that a little bit yesterday, <clears throat> but it's an excellent point, and, and everybody I've mentioned it to is like, what, really? No. Yeah, that's really what they're doing. Um, <clears throat> Kevin, our uh, friendly fagafy Texas Marine, a uh, friend of Armstrong and Getty over 15 years, um, he's talking about the uh, the captain of the Teddy Roosevelt. That whole flap, were you familiar with that? Do you hear about this? Do you see this? <laughs> he says, I've been out of the Corps for a few years now, but there are a few things about uh, military life that are near universal. Uh, one, it will be the both both the best and the worst time of your life. Some of us are dumb enough to attempt to re-enlist for more of it, too, until our bodies fail us. Uh, second thing is, and I will keep this claim That would be my here. brother. He, kept, uh, he kept, <clears throat> kept, kept going until his body gave out on him. Uh, point number two, and I will keep this clean here. There is a crap ton of stupidity mostly coming down from the top. I don't know all the details of what Captain Crozier did, uh, nor did my responsibilities come anywhere near his. Uh, and he, he goes into that a little bit. Uh, but I think my low enlisted rank made me notice something. In the military, there are very few high-ranking officers that we truly respect and love. In my day, there were a few. General Al Gray, General Mattis, and a few others. What struck me was the video of the crew chanting Captain Crozier's name as he left. The lower enlisted, which make up the bulk of the military, are also the most cynical. The fact that they lined up to cheer him after he was fired tells me everything I need to know about him. That's interesting. Personally, I think he tried everything he could within the chain of command to help his crew. I will eat my AR-15 if I am proven wrong. He mentions he would vow to eat his truck, but he doesn't own a truck. Well, I hope the military is looking into it and will uh, you know, learn something from it. Yeah, let's see. Excellent statistical breakdown from John here. We'll get to that in a little bit, John. Oh, I love this. 
I listen to uh, Gavin Newsom and Governor Cuomo taking people to task every day now for not complying with the shelter-in-place order. Uh, Gavin waxes about how each person's personal responsibility to their community and each other, and when people don't follow these uh, these uh, orders, he's outraged. Uh, as much as I am just gobsmacked, that sentence is odd, but I'm gob- gobsmacked by his lack of self-awareness. Uh, amazed at his own lack of personal responsibility here, Newsom and many politicians, largely the Dem ilk, have made careers out of advocating a wholesale lack of personal responsibility. Come into the country illegally. Uh, we will pay for you. How many kids you want? The government will pay for them. Don't be ashamed of being morbidly obese. In fact, file some disability for disability so we can all support you. And he goes on on that theme. He's absolutely right. Hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, you're either for personal responsibility in the individual or you're not. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Joe Biden is now the presumptive Democratic nominee. Nobody really chose Biden for this job. He wound up in it by a series of defaults, and it shows. Ask yourself, is Joe Biden ready to lead this country? Could he find his car in a three-tiered parking garage? Could he navigate a salad bar? And by the way, what exactly is his position on the coronavirus pandemic? Those are the mysteries Democrats now face. All right. That's that's a, a, that's a little that's harsh. A, that's a little el- could, elder abuse could, na- could he navigate a salad bar? <laughs> Those I think, are not complex. I think he could. Exactly. <laughs> Why, he'd be seriously addled if he struggled to do that, John. <laughs> Wow. He probably still recognizes a crouton when he sees one. You know, I said earlier, he might be... just going there making nothing but beats? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. No, All right, all right, all right. It's getting too far. I'm uncomfortable with it. A whole plate full of beats and those little corns. (laughs) uh, Oh, those tiny little corns. They don't taste very good, but they're cute as could be. I just, I feel like he's as close to the care home as he is to the Oval Office. And I just, I feel bad about it because, you know, I value our elders. You know, many of us have aging parents. Even as I laugh, I cringe because I think he is seriously, he's an old fella who's who's starting to decline seriously. What was that first part? Could he find his car in a three-tier garage? (laughs) I can't, usually. Eh, it's not good. There's a, uh, so, uh, Joe's got the, uh, the thing all to himself since Bernie dropped out. And I love this from the Babylon Bee, which, if you're not familiar with it, is, is a conservative ish, uh, onion, essentially. Uh, Bernie has dropped out of the presidential race since his campaign goals have already been achieved. As the coronavirus panic has already accomplished the aims of his socialistic policies, Sanders realized the country didn't need his public service anymore. Unemployment has already skyrocketed. Grocery stores have empty shelves, and everyone is confined to their homes on penalty, or I'm sorry, confined to their homes on penalty of arrest. This idyllic paradise is exactly what Sanders wanted in the first place, so he says he can leave the race satisfied that his vision has been achieved. Bernard Sanders. There you go. I, uh, I think Bernie's one of the most successful politicians of my entire lifetime without ever getting the nomination, which is not an easy thing to pull off. Well, uh, and he's, uh, you know, Hitler was a successful politician, Jack. You say it like it's a good thing. What's your point? But it, it, was, it was successful at, at, at pushing terrible policies. Well, that's not the. That's not what I'm talking about. That's that's what I'm talking about. Um, what are you talking about? How many how many people running for office have an effect? On 
a national policy for years to come without ever getting the nomination. Most people don't have an effect on anything. Well, he has dragged the Democratic Party so far. It's really quite amazing. It is. Um, we'll be talking more about that later with a political analyst. I do want to pay this off quickly before I get to the meat of the hour. Uh, this is the number one song in America. It's the first time this popular artist has ever had a number one song in the Billboard charts. We played some of it a couple of weeks ago. Freedom, oh freedom, freedom of our need. I hate to tell you, mister, but only dead men are free. It's the 17-minute Bob Dylan song about the assassination of JFK. It's arguably about the assassination of JFK. I didn't mention it on the show. I heard the whole thing the other day. Like on purpose or lose a bet? Well, it came on and I stuck with it. Okay. It's kind of a free association 17-minute poem with the handful of guys riffing in the background trying to figure out where the hell it's going. It's it's odd. 17, it's the first number one song in Billboard ever for Bob Dylan in his long, long career. I have no idea what that means in the modern world. Nobody's playing this on the radio, so it's not like when I was younger, a number one song meant that was the song you were going to hear on the radio if you flipped it on. And you're not going to hear that on the radio if you flip it on, so I don't know. No, whatever. sir. Whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. That's Congratulations, that. though. Bob, he got the Nobel Prize. Now this. So a popular sign you might see uh, now is... Outside of business is no shirt, no shoes, no mask, no service. That is becoming oh. popular at a lot more joints. Uh, the grocery store that I regularly go to, I, I haven't been there since their new policy, but apparently they won't let you in without a mask. I was there last week wearing a mask and wondering how come none of you are wearing a mask. But I'm here to buy masks. <laughs> <laughs> so confusing. And it's beats. a paradox. Um <laughs> And then, like I said, some businesses I go in, it, it seems like they've practically done nothing, although most have. Like, I was at the pet store yesterday uh, buying crickets for our gecko. Jeez, I'd sure hate to catch the COVID and die because I had to go out and buy crickets for a gecko. But, Jeez. Um, uh, yeah, no kidding. There's buying the- bugs for a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy braved out into the pandemic. Too. But um, yeah, you got ER doctors getting the thing and going down and dying as heroes. You buying bugs. <laughs> Ouch. For a... For a- for a lizard. For a lizard. <laughs> uh, but so, like, the way they're set up, automatic doors, I don't touch anything. They've yes. got big signs on the floor, everybody's staying six feet away. Everybody who works there wears a mask. They walk around and wipe everything off after every transaction. The credit card thing, everything. All you got to do is stick your card in. You don't touch anything the whole time. It's really quite amazing. Uh, I d- drove by a Trader Joe, Trader Joe's. My kids call it Trader Jones. I drove by a Trader Joe's yesterday. And there were people like a block away, and I thought, is it toilet paper shipment in? Well, they they were doing the thing where they only let like five shoppers in the store at a time. Uh, yeah. And you had to have yeah. a mask on, and everybody was standing. It's like an exclusive nightclub. Yeah. Yeah, it's what it looked very like. Very cool. And everybody, Velvet ropes. Everybody was standing six feet away, so it was a very, very long line. Hot and, chicks cutting in line. Oh, yeah. They go up and they, they <laughs> yeah. did that. The, Come the, on in. Hey, I've been standing here for an hour. Yeah, the chick in the short <laughs> skirt and the high heels just walked right in and bought her groceries. <laughs> you and your six other dude friends are going to keep waiting in line. <laughs> yeah, for a very yeah. long time. Um, But so Jonathan Swan of Axios was reporting this yesterday, how the whole mask thing came to be or didn't come to be now that everybody's wearing a mask and everybody's decided it's a good idea. And it obviously was from the beginning. Um, Administration officials apparently were pushing to uh, tell everybody to wear masks early on. The Trump administration officials, top Trump administration officials had been developing a plan to give cloth masks 
to huge numbers of Americans, but the idea lost traction amid heavy internal skepticism. And I'd like to know more about that. Who was against it and for what reasons? But they were really pushing hard to have this. Administration officials had considered a partnership with Hanes and Fruit of the Loom manufacturing millions of cloth face masks, and the U.S. Postal Service would deliver them automatically. Huh. It would be like a government program of masks, and everybody would have gotten one. The scale of this undertaking would have been extraordinary, mobilizing an enormous public-private partnership to deliver protective cloth masks to millions of people across America, um, maybe See, to every know, American, as they were discussing it early on. And somewhere along the line, it changed from that to don't wear masks. Well, that's idiotic, obviously, as we all now know. But what bothers me about that is they envisioned, uh, let's see, we've realized people should probably wear masks. So what massive, complex government program could we concoct here? As opposed to saying, look, y'all got to be wearing masks. A cotton mask is fine. There there are patterns on the Internet. If you can sew, sew a million of them. Uh, If you don't have a mask, wear a bandana. Just entrusting the American people in our energy and ingenuity. That would have worked. You know how I know? Because it's working now. Good point. That we're Um, doing it. I haven't read the whole Axios article. I should. I don't know how much he gets into the details or how much they actually know about what held up this program. But how did we go from let's use taxpayer money and mobilize in a way we never have in this country? I don't think we've ever done anything like this in the history of our nation. Or we'll tell people not to wear masks. I think it probably had something to do with the confusion over any masks and Audi masks. That they were afraid that people, because that, it was obvious now in retrospect that the powers that be were obsessed with uh, average schmucks like ourselves not buying up N95 masks. Those are any masks. They keep you from getting it, you know, taking it in. And and so they were afraid of saying, listen, we're talking about Audi masks, masks to keep you from infecting other people, because often you don't even know you have the damn thing. No, but I, I just I don't I, I don't like your explanation. That's freaking stupid. You can't run a society if you're going to treat people like that. I'll bet you five N95 masks is accurate. You think that's why it died? Yes. The idea of, but why, why would that kill the idea of Hanes and Fruit of the Loom and the Postal Service sending a mask to everybody in America? What that, what killed that was, like I said, the size, expense, and complexity of getting that going. And so they thought, no, that's too much to take on. It's too big. It, 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 you know, for whatever, because that is a huge program that involves the manufacturers and probably the Defense Procurement Act and then the the Postal Service. Wait, how do we do that? How do we pay for it? Blah, blah, blah. Instead of and, and again, they they thought, OK, we need a solution. What's a gigantic, complex government solution as uh-huh. opposed to can we ask the American people to do this for themselves? Well, this story just broke last night. I would like to know more about it. Uh I is there any chance it was similar to a lot of schools across the country? The uh, perfect being the enemy of good enough in that better to not educate 98 percent of the kids than to leave out a couple of poor kids that might not have the best Internet connections. So we'll just hold off on this whole thing until we figured out how to get Zoom and a computer to every single kid in our school. We'll make sure nobody gets an education. That's what they're doing with schools all across America. Lots of schools. I know. It's terrible. It is terrible. It's a crime. 
That whole inequity thing, it's like the goalie on a hockey team. If a really solid idea gets through, you know, bureaucratic intransigence and stupidity and lack of trust for the American people and the rest of it, uh, that, that goalie of equity will kick it aside just as it's about to score the goal of, you know, educating the kids. Well, it's just a, so dumb. That's a crime. And I just wonder, is there any chance that people said, how would we get the masks to homeless people or people that are illegals who don't have an address or whatever and... I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I only I only even thought of that because I know what's happening in so many schools. Right. They're not educating kids because there's a couple in each class that might not have internet. Well, it could be both. Could be both. Who knows? That's something, though. What an oh, amazing! Yeah. I can't believe it's amazing that there were people discussing that. It's a good example wow. though, of how a society gets so up its own hiney seeking utopia that it can't get anything done. I mean, you, you get in the room where the committee of, of elders is meeting and you get one, well, it mightn't be inequitable who gets the masks of the homeless. And then you get another people saying, well, people might be confused and start hoarding masks. So we're better off just saying no masks. If you think we're going I can picture that so easily. If you think we're going on too much about masks over the last couple of weeks, this could easily end up being the story, the, the the closing down businesses is going to be really high up there, too. But in terms of deaths, the mask thing could end up being the story. If people figure out that, hey, the number of people who died in New York would have been a fifth if everybody had started wearing masks right at the beginning. Simple surgical masks, not the fancy kind everybody was anything. talking about. Anything. Just well, put scarf, anything over your right. face. Sure. Yeah. Anything. That's that a, That may be the great cardinal sin at the end of all this. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. That is something to be out and about now. Um, yesterday, where I'd say 80% of everybody I saw out and about had a mask on. Inside stores, more like 95%. Whereas huh. whereas a week ago, it would have been 10%. When I went on the supply run on Monday, that was, that's pretty close to what I saw, too. So many more people wearing masks than any time before. Interesting. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, it's it's late, but better late, you know. As they say. Through their masks. So the Bob Dylan 17-minute song, worth listening to? or uh, Yes. Would you listen to it again? Y- 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 yes, barely. <laughs> okay. It's funny. He'll, he'll do a, a line about Kennedy. He was a, quite a guy. And then I noticed that birds will fly. And it's a weird AA rhyming mm-hmm. over and over again. And, and then he'll name check like a hit song in 1966. And then he'll throw in a line about Kennedy. Then he'll name check like a song from 1978. Then he'll kind of mention Kennedy. And then he'll say something about the mob. And then he'll mention like uh, all in the family. Oh, yeah. By the way, this song is about Kennedy. This is kind of free associating about stuff that's happened, including Kennedy, about, you know, 20% of the lines. (laughs) Um, it's just strange. We got more stuff to catch up on. The last episode ever of Modern Family was last night. That show uh, wrapped up its series ever. One of the best comedies ever on TV. We got a clip of that at some point. Um, what was the other oh, thing? That, oh, oh, God, oh yes. the president. Oh, the president interceding again. Perhaps he should. Perhaps he shouldn't. Am I talking about Captain Crozier and the Teddy Roosevelt? No, I'm talking about Tiger King. The president asked about Tiger King? Yes. Stay tuned. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. So, 
things. One I have number on. one is America needs a new tiger related song. This is this song is worn out. <laughs> All I right? know. You should somebody get to it. That's what you should do. Oh my god. Write a tiger related song? Yeah. Yeah. Write a tiger related song. About tigers literally or using it the tiger as a metaphor? Just needs to have tiger in it anywhere. It doesn't need to make sense, anything. It just has to be about tigers. So shows a tiger. Now that's Joe Exotic singing, right? <laughs> that was Buck music Owens video. That's not necessarily him singing. Oh yeah, right. How about Buck Owens' version of uh, "Got a Tiger by the Tail"? Yeah, that'd be a good that'd one. Be pretty, yeah. Maybe a modern Tiger song, not from okay. 1960. <laughs> you got um, it. <laughs> uh, I I have an amazing Tiger re, a Tiger King related personal note that I was shocked to find out last night. Really? But before we get to that, did this actually come up in the presidential briefing on the coronavirus, the coronavirus press conference yesterday? Apparently it did. Rating hits. This has been a show on Netflix called uh, Tiger King. The man who's the star of this is a former zoo owner who's serving a 22-year prison sentence. He's asking you for a pardon, saying he was unfairly convicted. Your son yesterday jokingly said that uh, you know he was going to advocate for it, and I was wondering if you've seen the show and if you have any thoughts on uh, pardoning uh, Joe. Exotic. Which son? It must be Don. I had a feeling it was Don. <laughs> I don't know. I know nothing about it. He has 22 years for what? What did he do? Allegedly hired someone to murder an animal rights activist, but he said that he didn't do that. And he was. You think he didn't do it? Are you on his side? Uh, well, I, are, you, are you recommending a pardon? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not advocating anything. As a reporter, you're not allowed to do that. You'd be criticized by these. Would you recommend a pardon? I don't think you would. Go ahead. Do you have a question? I'll take a look. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is so hilarious. <laughs> I like how we started guessing his kids. Which one? It was Don, wasn't it? <laughs> it was Don. That sounds like Don. I, I, I got to admit to just a little bit of relief that he knows nothing about Tiger King. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the whole thing was twice. Was it episode four something? <laughs> yeah, he started talking about, yeah, and then there was the time when she dipped his boot in sardine oil to get the Tigers to go after him. <laughs> so the president's saying, I don't know, you think he should be pardoned? <laughs> Hell yeah, oh not only that, I've... I've appointed Carol Baskin, Secretary of the Interior. Oof. Um, what, uh, what, where was that reporter from? Uh, the New York Post, I believe. Who took Perfect. The, who took the, that, it, that speaks to Joe's these are too long. The press conference is clearly too long if enough relevant questions have been asked and answered that you're down to should you pardon the Tiger King. Well, I didn't see it. That might have been the first question they asked. Yeah, I don't know if him bringing up Joe Exotic is an indicator that we've gone through all of the relevant questions. He just may have been okay, uh, my, working a different story. My special announcement. So I'm uh, texting back and forth with my niece, the uh, the college student yesterday and the Bernie supporter, about uh, where she thinks Bernie support will go and that sort of thing. By the way, she thinks she and her friends will vote Biden because they're so anti-Trump, because I was wondering, will they be set, stay home or whatever? So anyway, that's her opinion based on hanging around a heck of a lot more Bernie supporters than me. Then she texts later in the day, she says, by the way, I did some research, and it turns out Joe Exotic of Tiger King and I share a common great-grandfather on my mom's side. He's my first cousin four times removed. What? Holy cow! Oh, my God! <laughs> so my niece is related to Tiger King, which makes me... You know, several steps further away, also related to Tiger King. A blood relation. Which is actually very exciting. 
And uh, I said, congratulations, and she texted back, thank God, now we can sign him up to bring a dessert to the family reunion. (laughs) (laughs) Bring tiger cubs to pet. (laughs) Which is fantastic. I'm related to the Tiger King. I can't tell you how excited I am. You probably ought to go visit him in jail. Makes you some sort of royalty, doesn't it? Yeah, I would think I'm a, uh, yeah, exactly. A lemur duke? (laughs) Yeah, I could be an archduke or something like that if he's the Tiger King. Um, so, have you finished the thing yet? No, I have not. I have not. I can tell you what, because him moaning and groaning about being in a cage is just too much irony for me. And in fact, he apparently he's incapable of irony or sensing it, because at one point he says, you know why animals die in cages? Because their souls die. And I'm like, yeah, you're freaking keeping animals in cages your entire life, you dumbass. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen listen to me going after your family. (laughs) (laughs) More jobless numbers out today. As you can expect, they're not very good. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.